All right, BradCooney.com. We'd like to welcome to the show music recording artist Benjamin Hey, a.k.a. The Captain. What is up, bro? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Finally, uh, I'm glad we finally got, got to this interview. You had a couple little delays there, so good to see this happening. Third time's the charm. Absolutely. All right, so before we get into your current project, tell my listeners a little bit about you. Kind of rewind it back a little bit. Tell us how you first got into music and how that all started. Yeah, so um, I've been a recording artist on and off since 2008, and um, I've actually had a journey that was more like, okay, we're going to do this, and then, no, retreat, go back, <laughs> too hard, what's up? And I had moments where I gave up, and then um, a few years after my debut, I started working with this producer who pointed out that every time I would hype myself up, especially if it was a track that kind of had like a hip-hop feel to it, I would be like, Benjamin, 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 hey. Huh. And he's Ben, you say that so much, people are going to think that's your name. And he said that, and I'm like, wait a minute. So I wrote Benjamin down on one side of the paper. Then I wrote Benjamin, hey, on the other side of the paper. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't like this. And I was like, wait, something's missing. So now I put the exclamation point at the end of the hey, and it jumped off the page. And I was like, yo, this is it. Benjamin, hey, that's it. So I trademarked it, been rocking with it ever since. And then from there, it wound up morphing into The Captain because I have an album called LAX that I put out a few years ago. And when I was networking and meeting people, um, I had the signature Captain app that I started wearing because of a photo shoot related to that album. And this dude looks at me, uh, Amadeus, he's worked with uh, Trey Songs and Usher. He's like, The Captain? And I was like, what? He's like, the captain. And when he said it, it was like he was knighting me. And I'm like, yo, he said that. I'm going to rock with that. So yeah, yeah. people call me the captain when they see the captain's hat. Yep, can't go wrong there. All right, so yeah. back up a little bit further, though. I want to go back a little bit further in time. Like yeah. in high school, were you into making music back then, or did it happen later on in life? So, you know, I knew I wanted to be a recording artist, and I think I claimed it out loud when I was like 17, yep. definitely in high school. Um, My first talent show, I think I was like eight years old when I did my first talent show, and I remember it was like me and these other cats, and we were going to be like a rap group. It was like, um, we were the, I think, ABCs, and there were these girls in the class, and they were like, well, we're going to like be a female rap group, and they called themselves the one, two, three. So it was like the ABC, <laughs> the one, two, three. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, man. I wish somebody had that on tape so I could see that. <laughs> yeah. You ought, to, you ought to write a song one day about that. It's got, it's got some rhyming in there. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? A throwback song or a, re a reminiscence song. Yeah, that'd be dope, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so where are you from, man? Where'd you grow up? So I'm a true New Yorker. I'm born in Brooklyn, New York, and I currently live in Manhattan, a.k.a. NYC. E.K., stand up. Yes, 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 yes. I'm from uh, I'm from upstate New York, but not too far, about 39 miles north of the Bronx in Westchester County is where I grew up. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I'm in Westchester. I have a, one of my best friends is from Scarsdale. Oh, we used to play Scarsdale in football all the time. Oh. Nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I remember it was a big deal when um uh, a few people, so like Hillary Clinton moved up there, and I think like Jay Z and Beyonce bought a house around there too. Yep. They had the Clintons bought their house in Chappaqua, New York. 
Okay. Um, which is Westchester County, I do believe. Um, but I remember when Jay Z moved up there too. It's really nice. A lot of a lot of celebrities um, came into that area when I was a kid growing up. Um, remember Henry Winkler and the Happy Days show, the Fonz Fonzie. Hey. Yeah, there you go. Yep, he uh, he he lived there, and uh, the B fifty twos, the rock band. They're from they they lived in Mayapack. So oh, wow. pretty cool place to grow up, man. All right, so let's get into uh, your singles. I listened to one of them. I didn't get a, I didn't get a file for the other one, but I listened to No Samples, which I loved, and Damn. the other single Rat Tat Tat. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about the song that I did not listen to first. So, oh, so, tell the, uh, the the listeners a little bit about that song and the backstory. Yeah, I, I wish I got I got to get that to you. Um, yeah. So, Rat-a-tat-tat Tat is actually a conscious hip hop record that talks about gun violence, which, mm. as you know, especially in hip hop, is just like yeah, it's crazy. It's it's so crazy. Um, last week or two weeks ago, um, Takeoff from the Migos. Yep. Few weeks before that, PNB Rock is like every few weeks is another rapper. Exactly. Well, it, it's crazy. And my collaborator, John Byer, who um he put this out in this imprint, John Byer Music, actually the idea came from him. He's like, Ben, he's like, you know, I wanna do a song that talks about gun violence in the inner cities, so, like it just breaks my heart. And mm-hmm. him being from Queens originally, from uh, Left Rack City, he saw some stuff growing up in his hood and me growing up in Red Hook, Brooklyn. I saw some things growing up, but I don't want to touch it. My whole thing is I'm so far removed from that environment and from the violence and the trauma that my thing is like, no, I want to have fun. I want my songs to be uplifted and like mm-hmm. even party records. So I don't want to touch anything that had to deal with guns or violence and none of that. And after like the third time he brought it up to me, it finally clicked and something in me was like, you know what, Ben, you need to listen, you need to be open, and it just dropped in. So I met up with him and I'm like, listen, I think I got the hook for this and I think you're gonna like it. So we sat down at his uh, island in his kitchen and we basically bounced ideas back and forth. He said some things, I gave it structure, made it rhyme. And I also realized, okay, we know that this is a problem. For me, I'm a hopeful person. I'm an optimistic person. I'm the glass half full guy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm the glass. I want my own glass to spill over. <laughs> but I did not want to have a song that just like points out the problem. Like we gotta have the solution. So the first verse talks about the problem. We mentioned all the inner cities, and then the second verse is the solution. What I think the solution to be. So um, I've got to get that song to you because um, it's very current and prevalent. I wish it wasn't. But it seems like this is just a problem that's continuing to affect everybody. And I will say this. When we did the song, the intention was inner cities, especially black on black crime. But as we know, bullets do not discriminate. No. No, one of the the misconceptions people think about is, is, especially amongst the white community, is they think black on black crime is terrible, which it is. But there's just a lot of white people killing white people in suburban areas midwest there's this white gangs um so it, you're right there's, there's no prejudice when it comes to bullets and guns man it, it's, it's across so the many board. people affected by gun violence yeah yeah 100 um all right so the song i did listen to was no samples yeah. um that's a that's a 
Man, that's a, that's the, for me, that's a club song. That's a, that's a song when I was younger, I would love, when I used to be into clubs, and I don't drink or like that no more, but that's a song that I would hear at, at, at a lot of clubs, man. So tell me about that song. Really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yep. So, those samples, is a, it's a love record. Um, so I'm actually a daily songwriter. I write a song every single day. I've been doing that since April 15th. Okay, stop, 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 stop. You yeah. just you just stole one of my questions. That that, that question is two more down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's leading to no sound, so I got to get into that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, so I'll I'll merge right into that. So tell me. Well, you know what? You may not. You know what? You may not be able to because it might it might just be part of the answer. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, during the last year oh i got the delta variant of COVID. oh wow okay summer last year yeah so and i want to say this like during the summer i was super sad getting depressed because i couldn't be out with my friends i couldn't just do the things i wanted to do so i had to isolate for like two weeks so my headspace was not in a great space mm -hmm. but since i've been doing this daily songwriting commitment no matter how i feel a song has to be done by the end of that day. I was not going to waver on my commitment. So at the time, I had a producer who was sending me tracks, the top line, and he sent me this track, and I heard it, and I was like, yo, this joint is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, the kick was reminding me of, like, 90s hip-hop. The piano melody was just so beautiful, and the title of it was called No Samples. So when I actually listened for myself, it just lent itself to, like, a love record. And I thought about what I was going through, and I'm like, yo, I've been single in this pandemic, and now I'm isolated. I wish I had somebody. But then another thought was like, well, listen, you've been through this pandemic by yourself, and the reason why you're in this pandemic by yourself is because you refuse to settle. Why everybody was like finding a pandemic partner and just like shacking up with anybody, you have standards. You're like, no, I want the best. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing is like, look, I want a five-course meal. I want the lobster. I want the steak. I don't want no Abbey meal. <laughs> and I don't want crumbs. And like the lyrics, I'm holding out for something special and amazing. And there's a lot of people who probably feel like I feel like, look, I want love in my life, but I don't want to settle. I want the best. It makes sense, man. makes a lot of sense. All right, so I want to go back to the you're, you, you made a pledge to write a song a day. Yeah. Um, are you on that run still? Are you still doing that now? Of course. Of course. I wrote today's song every single day, man. And how long do you want to roll with that? Honestly, at this point, yeah. I'm keep going until the wheels fall off. Until the plane crashes, I'm saying. Like, look, I didn't plan on doing this, but I will say this. I'm so happy that it happened because mm -hmm. it's changed my life. Yeah. Um, how it happened was one of my former neighbors was a contestant on The Voice on NBC. What's his name? And, uh, Jake Barker. Jake, Jake Barker. Barker. Uh, Jake was dope. He was kind of like, um, as far as vocally, kind of had like a uh, Justin Timberlake, like white guy, that R&B, yeah, yeah. soulful voice, really talented. Do you remember what season he was on? Ooh, this is probably two, sometime 2016 or 2017. Yeah, I probably saw him. You know, I've been interviewing with, with The Voice for about 13 seasons now for my podcast oh, show. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so cool. Yep. Yeah, and he basically was like, listen, like, I haven't written a song for so long. I'm thinking about doing a 30-day songwriting challenge. So he said that to me, and that really clicked for me. And I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm going to sign up with that. I'm with you on that. So, yeah. 
he wound up doing four songs in the 30 days. I did 22. <laughs> and when I did the 22 songs, something in me was like, yo, I actually really like these songs. So I actually did something that I learned from my uh, uh, marketing degree in Syracuse. Basically, like little focus groups. So I had friends come through. I had a focus group, and I literally let them hear just the 22 songs, acapella, just the lyrics and the melody. And they gravitated to like over half the songs. Like, yo, Ben, you need to do something with these songs. So I'm like, okay. So I go out to LA. One of my favorite producers from New York moved out to LA, Johnny on the Rocks. And we start just cranking out song after song. And I started going back and forth to LA for four years. Wow. Between that, I wound up linking up with Laverne Cox, the actress, and she always wanted to do a song, and me and her had a conversation, and she basically just gave me an idea of a song that she had in mind. So I ran with it, went to the studio, did a demo, she loved it, and then she just built on it and added to it, and she actually put it out, and it made it onto the Billboard Club Play charts. So nice. That's like my biggest music accomplishment, yeah. That's really yeah. something to be proud of, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, so after the 30 days, I tried to do it for 60 days, and I did it for 90 days, and it just kept going, and something was like, oh, a year later, hey, let's keep going. Two years later, let's keep going. Wow. I'll be honest with you, I can't believe it's been over five years, and I'm at the point now, like, I would feel weird not doing it. Yeah, it's become, it's become part of your life. It's part of my life. The lifestyle it's now. Story. It sets me apart from so many people because a lot of people say, oh, I'm disciplined, I'm driven, like, I have proof. And let me ask day, you this. Let me, let me dig into this a little bit more. So, okay, two questions on, on the uh, a song a day thing. Yeah. Um, do you ever struggle with writer's block at all? Nope. Okay, um, next question. Um, how many of the songs that you write daily, you write one a day, Mm-hmm. How much? How far did, did these songs go? Did you just is it is it the case that sometimes you just write lyrics and then the next day comes and you just write lyrics and then then the next day comes, but but the third day is like uh, this one goes to the studio. Do all of them go to the studio? Do you, do, do you know what I'm saying? What's the life the life cycle for each of these songs right every day? So they all don't go to the studio. So how it happens is it's always going to be lyrics and melody. Okay, it's how sing. Um, a rough demo into my uh, voice memo in my yep. phone. Yep. So I have a memory of like, okay, this is the melody of the song, at least the hook in the first verse, right? Um, sometimes what happens is if the song really is asking me to do more, I'll go over to my keyboard and I'll figure out chords that I'll go with it and I'll record that. The next level, which is really rare, is like, okay, no, we got to do a full-on produced demo of the song and, like, make it happen. Yeah. Uh, that's really rare because the thing is I'm writing at such a high rate, I have to be highly selective. Right, so right. That makes sense. level of creativity that I'm not going to just put anything out there. Yeah. I want whatever I put out there to be high quality. So I'm yep. very picky. Yeah. That's why I asked that. You answered that. You answered you that. You you figured out where I was going with that because that because you know it can be very redundant and you can get watered down and you can start. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad you have a filter system to where you know only only the cream of the crop makes it to the studios. Absolutely. Uh, that's smart. Absolutely. That, that's cool. And let's man. check this. And I say this for anybody who listens that's a creative because I think what happens is some people are like you'll know this isn't good, so I'm not gonna finish it or I'm not gonna do it. It's subjective. 
there's songs that I might think, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I might sing it for somebody or let somebody hear it. And they might not have had that reaction. Yeah. It could be something where it's like, wait a minute, this is, I got songs I put out. And I'm like, two years before, I mean, I can't believe I'm putting this out in the world. But if it moves me and it's like a fun record or evokes any kind of emotion I think people can connect to, yeah, I want to put it out there in the world. But yeah. also, the songs that you might think that, eh, this is okay, eh, this isn't that great, out of the 30 days, there's going to be at least two or three that I'm like, oh, shit. Excuse me. Oh, see my legs. No, no, you're good. You're good. No, be you, bro. Be you. Oh, be you curse? Yeah, for sure. Oh, fuck, fuck, yeah. <laughs> no, no, well, fuck, now you didn't curse, man. What the fuck kind of show you think this is? So, what I'm saying is, like, so for instance, there's 30 days this month. Out of 30 days in a month, there's going to be at least two or three that are definitely going to be bangers. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I even wrote a song today. This is crazy. So, um, uh, I was joking that uh, I feel like I got a guardian angel, this guy who has one wing left. So today's song is called One Wing Guardian Angel. Mm. And uh, I wrote it and I was like, you know what, actually? Out of the songs I've written so far this month, this is probably one of the deepest songs that I've written. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard a song with that title. So, yeah. Interesting. That is an interesting, an interesting title. So how much does mood, like your mood, like every, every day we wake up in different, pretty much. I mean, sometimes more extreme moods than others, but... How much does mood impact the kind of songs you write? Um, you know, it's partial. So, like, sometimes it's my mood. It could be anything. It could be, like, a conversation I have with someone. It could be something I witness. It could be a TV show I'm watching. It could be a phone call I get. Like, I don't know where the inspiration is going to come, but I know it's going to come. And when I hear that nudge, I follow it and I listen to it. Yeah. That's that's what's up. Do you have uh, various beat makers, or do you have, like, one or two people that you're your go-to guys, or how does that work? Yeah, no, I have signature people that I work with. So um, the guy who got me this beat, Mikey Paroli, he's an incredible piano player. Um, he's the one who had the main contact with Young Cutter, who produced no samples. Mm-hmm. And um, it's good that I didn't know who the producer was before I did it, because... I think I probably would have put more pressure on myself. Oh, uh, yeah, know, yeah, nerves, yeah. Platinum producer, so, like, yeah. the fact that the guy has major plaques behind him, I probably would have been like, oh, damn, I need to rework this or yeah. recut. No, I'm authentic on this. This is 100% what came through. It's me, and I'm proud of it. Um, Dave Doobie Aaron, who uh, did Rat-a-tat-tat with me, He's a right-hand guy. Johnny on the Rocks is based out in L.A. He's another right-hand guy. So those are my nice. main guys. Now, there's a new guy we started working with named Arthur Pingway, who's based out of Jersey. He's worked with Jim Jones. He's worked with Sia. He's worked with even Willie Nelson. Oh, he's wow. He's a dope dude I've been working with, too. Yeah, so Willie Nelson, like, the country singer? Uh, the country yeah. Wow, that dude's a legend, yeah. man. Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm looking out. Like, I'll be honest. Like, the great thing about staying on this journey is that you don't know who you're going to work with, who you're going to meet, connect with. You start to listen to people, and you hear who they've worked with, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, they're on a different level. Wait a minute, that means I'm on a different level, because I'm working with people on a different level. That means I'm growing in my heart. Yep, that's true, man. That's a good way to look at that. Um, Did you guys shoot videos for the two songs that, that that was sent to me? 
absolutely, absolutely. Ratatatat was filmed in New York. Um, what's cool about that, we actually have some green screen and we actually have shots of all those cities that we shot up and mentioned. And there's like a little tribute to um, uh, Bob Dylan. There's oh, a video wow. that Bob Dylan did where he's like flashing lyrics on like a, uh, 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 like a scorecard or something. Yeah. And he's going through the song, flashing the lyrics one at a time. And I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I want to do that because he's definitely one of like greatest storytellers songwriters. Oh, one of the best ever. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something like that for one of my verses. So we did that for Ratatatat. Um, and then uh, those samples also filmed in the city. Actually, I love those samples, uh, the video, because we shot it at Hudson Yards, which is a new mall in New York City. It's probably less than three years old. So the great thing about that is I don't know many music videos that have been shot there yet. And the way we went about it, it looks like we literally locked the ball down because we got some amazing shots. There's not many people around us. And, yeah. like, I'm proud of the quality. Like, even fashion, like, I'll say this, being the captain, like, I put a lot of effort into my presentation and how I look. Nobody looks like me. This video, the look that I'm presenting, like, I'm killing it. Like, I wait for somebody in Vogue magazine to be like, yo, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Mm -hmm. We need him. <laughs> yeah. You do have a unique look to you. You know, you look like you have some 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 Native American in you somewhere way back. Honestly, you say that. You have so my, my grandmother. From what I was told, my grandmother was um uh, half Native American. There you Cherokee. go. The first thing I saw when I saw your picture was high cheekbones, and that's a dead giveaway. Yeah, and then like the lo the length of my nose. Somebody said that yep. too. You got that hook nose a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. And then my dad is from Ghana, West Africa. So yeah. Dad and me. And my mom, our side, mostly black American. Yeah. Yeah, cool, man. That's good stuff. Um, all right, a couple more things before I let you go. Um, what are some goals you have set for 2023, which is crazy. We're almost at 2023 already. Um, what do you want to get done? Like, Let's say like this time next year, what, do you, what, what all do you want to get accomplished? What do you want to be? Oh, you know what? I just want to keep increasing my visibility because what's happening now is um, with the music, I'm not just doing music. Like, there's been modeling. There's been acting. Nice. Um, I actually had a cameo, actually a couple scenes in the movie Bros, Universal Pictures. Nice. First ever saw myself on a movie screen. That was crazy. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. I want this, more of this. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, definitely want to get myself into more TV, more visibility, because I want to bring that visibility from being seen back to my music. Because the thing is, like, some people have a face for radio. My face is supposed to be seen. And, like, my music, my songs are good. I want them to have more of an audience. So I definitely want to keep building up my fan base. Um, I definitely want to inspire other artists. I want to mentor other artists. And my ultimate dream is having a Billboard Hot 100 number one. Right. So me as an artist myself lead on that collaborating with somebody else being a songwriter on producer on like whatever work needs to be done that's something that i'm definitely aiming for but in the meantime i'm gonna continue writing these daily songs i'm continue working on my craft and being the best artist i can be i want to keep inspiring other people and yeah i want to like build up my fan base which are my passengers because i'm the captain there you go have you had uh, any plans to do some live performing yeah, you know what? Actually, I had a really uh, cool experience this year. We actually got to perform Ratatat Tat live at the Spotify headquarters. Nice. Oh, really? Now, yeah. 
this summer actually um actually right before Memorial Day and that was such a cool feeling because um their headquarters were down uh in their World Trade Center like on like the sixty oh. something floor so I performing in the conference room of like uh Spotify for artists, executives and I'm looking at the view and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I'm like, yo, we had the building right now. Yeah. That's an yeah. awesome surreal moment right there. Yeah, that was a great moment. Definitely a highlight. Um and I definitely want to be doing more shows. Yeah. 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 I think that's good. Get out there and play, you know. Well, this is actually a good segue into my last question. And before we wrap it up, I'll make sure I give you an opportunity to tell everybody out there where they can get your stuff and Absolutely. follow you. But this is a cool question that I have to be transparent about. I stole this question from somebody. Um, well, I say I stole it. A lot of times when I have a podcast, I'll go to my social media and I'll ask my followers if they have any questions for the yeah. artists I'm talking to, you know, throw them at me. So this lady sent me this question that I love it so much that I use it sometimes, um, especially with singer-songwriters. So this question, you can only pick one. I'm going to give you two options. You can only pick one of them. Okay? Okay. What do you prefer more? Do you prefer creating a song, or do you prefer performing the song once it's created? Creating the song. Tell, tell, me, tell, me, tell me more. Without creating the song, you can't have the other branches. Like, that's the seed. Creating the song is the seed. So, like, you have no idea what's going to turn into. It could be a bush, it could be a weed, it could be a tree. But it starts with the seed. Without the seed, there's nothing. So you enjoy cre create the creativity side of it more than the presenting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know yeah. what? The, the, I love that question because there's really no wrong answer to it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different. I get mixed. I get mixed answers every time I ask that question. Sometimes you have people who are more into the creativity side of it, and then some people really, really enjoy more seeing the fans singing the song, singing their lyrics on stage. So really, it just depends on who you ask. And it's, yeah. I love it because I, I like to get inside the head of each people, each person that I talk to. Um, and, and a fun example is one time I asked that question to a husband and wife. Uh, they're a duet. They sang together on stage, but they're married also. And the, the wife said she's more into creativity, but her husband said he likes the performing side of it better. So what was funny is after I asked them, then they started debating each other, and I just kind of like pushed from the table. So they're like they're like going back and forth for like ten minutes, and I, I thought that was neat. I mean, it was just like this is pretty cool. Are they still, are they still a duo line? Yeah. Court? Oh, absolutely. They still sing together all the time. So, but it was interesting listening to each of their sides. You know, they were both given great, you know, this is a great debate. It turned into a really cool debate. So, um, yeah, man. We need that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, man. Um, before I get to uh, letting you tell everybody where they can follow and get your stuff, I always like to ask the artists if there's anything that I miss as far as what you're what you're promoting. Um, if there is, if there was, let me know so we can touch on that real quick, and then we'll let, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, no. So you have Ratatat Tat, which is on all streaming platforms. Again, that's my conscious hip hop record about um, gun violence, which again is a problem right now in this yeah. country. And then I have my love song, No Samples, <laughs> which is a song about wanting the best out of love, and especially for the upcoming trifecta, which is Thanksgiving. Christmas and New Year's, you want to have a lot of people who might be feeling sad and lonely, and hopefully this song reminds them of maybe why they are single, because they're waiting for the best and not the rest. 
All right, man. So tell everybody out there where they can follow you on your social media. If you have a website where they can download your songs, uh, the mic is yours. Yes, yes. So I'm on Instagram, at the Captain Benjamin Hay, T-H-E-C-A-P-T-A-I-N-H-E-Y, at the Captain Benjamin Hay. Um, the music is all on the website for my production company, John Byron Music. That's uh, johnbyermusic.com. And uh, what else do we have? YouTube, Benjamin Hay Music, YouTube. Uh, John Byron music on YouTube as well. Yeah, those are the places and platforms. All right. Well, hey, man, I had a lot of fun talking to you. You're very talented. You know that about that. Appreciate you coming on the show. When you got some new stuff, just let us know. We'll get you back on, bro. Absolutely will, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I enjoyed it, man. Have a good night. No doubt. Good night. Good night.